Welcome to Life Academy here at First Presbyterian Church of Bonita Springs. I'm Pastor Stephen Grant, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this fifth and final session of this series called Discipleship, Learning How to Follow Jesus. And our topic this time is a disciple's mission, answering Jesus' call as we go out into the world. And I think it's important that in the first instance, that we recognize that all of us have our respective sphere of influence. Now, some of us, like the Billy Grahams of the world, are in a position to impact the whole world. They have a multitude in their audience, and they're able to reach a wide, worldwide audience. Most of us don't have that privilege. In fact, our sphere of influence may be quite small, but that doesn't make it any less significant. But in fact, as we talked about in our last session, if all Christians in their respective sphere of influence lived out agape love, as we talked about last time, imagine the impact that all of us collectively will make on the world. It isn't necessary for any one person to try to uh, impact the entire world, but it's very important for us to impact that part of the world to which we have been assigned. It may simply be our family. It may simply be the people in our neighborhood. It may be our small group at our church. Perhaps a person who is currently living in an assisted living or a nursing home and you feel like, well, there's nothing that I can do. Well, what about the person in the next room or in the next bed or the person who's coming to take care of you? What kind of impact could we make on that person as we share agape love with whomever the Lord puts in our path? So it's very important that we recognize that our mission field is wherever God places us. There are some churches that even puts up signs on their uh, exit lanes in their churches, and it says you are now entering your mission field. Wherever the Lord takes you, far and wide, or near, far, wherever it is, that is your mission field. So when we realize that, then no matter where we go, no matter who we meet, we are in a position to make an impact for the kingdom of God. And one of the questions we want to regularly ask ourselves, or perhaps we might even do a reality check and ask other people, but what do people see in us? When they encounter us, what do they experience? Do they experience impatience? Do they experience nastiness? Do they experience what? Instead, do they experience things that would make them think, oh, you must be a Christian because, wow, you live your life in such a way that it makes me, it's just something about you makes me think of Christ. Now, we do these things once again in all humility. We are not Christ. We are not better than everybody else. We don't put, put on airs. But what we do is we reflect the one that we have we claim to follow. Well, I want you to think a moment about the concept of an instrument. Now, this is a subject very near and dear to me. You know, many of you know, I've mentioned it a few sessions ago, that uh, my wife and I are both musicians. And I've had a wonderful life of being able to play the violin and viola, be in orchestras, and to be able to enjoy music at a significant depth. And I'm very grateful for that. And it is now my favorite hobby. But thinking about an instrument, 
as a metaphor for our being instruments of Jesus Christ, a few things occurred to me, and I want to share those with you. The first is that my violin or my viola belong to me. They're mine. And they were very expensive. I had to sacrifice a good amount of my financial resources to acquire them. And so I relish the fact that these instruments are mine, that they belong to me. Well, this is the first concept that we want to remind ourselves as disciples of Jesus, is that our life is not our own. We belong to him. And since we belong to him, then we are his to do with as he pleases. He is free then to send us where he wants to go, put things on our calendar without asking us first, which he often does, bring people into our life path that we never anticipated ever meeting, situations we never anticipated or even wanted. But yet our life belongs to him because just like I paid an awful lot of money, I paid a price for my instruments, so Jesus paid a price for us, the ultimate price, his own life. So that's the first thing. So as instruments of Jesus Christ, we recognize that we belong to him. Well, the second thing about a musical instrument is that instrument is not going to benefit anybody unless it's in the hands of a competent player, and best of all, if it's in the hands of a master. I remember a story of the great violinist Yasha Heifetz, who actually had two fine instruments, a Stradivarius and a Guadarius. And one time, a person who had listened to one of his concerts came up to him and said, Mr. Heifetz, I got to tell you, your violin just has such a wonderful sound. It is gorgeous. It is a beautiful musical sound. And Heifetz went over and picked up the instrument and held it up to his ear and said, I don't hear anything. Of course, the instrument by itself is going to do nothing. It's just going to sit there. But in the hands of a master like Heifetz, oh, could that violin sing. And not only sing beautiful music, but such virtuosity. He could do so many things with that instrument that I never could do. Well, in the same way, we have to recognize that not only do we belong to Jesus, but we are instruments in his hands. And the things that he can do with our life that we never thought possible. Do you remember the story of when the disciples were out in the boat and the storm blows up and they're struggling to keep the boat afloat and they look out and they see something coming across the water? Well, wouldn't you know it? It's Jesus walking across the water. And Peter shouts out, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out on the water to you. And Jesus said, come on out. And sure enough, Peter gets out of the boat and he starts walking across the water. He never, never imagined he could walk across water, but Jesus enabled him to be able to do this. And this is just like Heifetz playing the violin. He can do things with that instrument that just would blow your mind. And in the same way, Jesus can use us and our life in our sphere of influence in ways that we never could imagine when we are in the hands of a master. Now, I can just hear some of you already saying, but Stephen, I don't have much talent. I don't have this, that, all these excuses. And I call your attention to another story. 
Remember when Jesus was teaching and it was late in the day and the disciples told him, you need to send all these people away. There's 5,000 plus. You need to send them away so they can get something to eat. And Jesus said, you give them something to eat. And they said, what? How can we feed 5,000 people? And he said, well, what do you have? He said, well, I have a couple of fish. I have a couple of pieces of bread. Well, bring those to me. And when they put those in the hands of the master, he multiplied it and fed the whole 5,000. So whatever little we think we have, or no matter what small talents or opportunities we have in the hands of the master, he can do miracles. So the second thing is realize an instrument in the hands of the master can do wondrous things. Well, the third part of this is that the violin is a very delicate instrument. It's made of wood, and those strings that are stretched across that is that there's one little bridge in the middle, and there's 90 pounds of pressure pushing down on those strings. And this instrument, if it's subjected to heat or excessive cold or whatever, can crack. Any number of things can happen. And so it's very, very important that a musician protects his instrument. Well, in the same way with us, if we are going to be good instruments, we have to do what we can to protect our spirits. We have to be very intentional about the things that we choose to do for recreation, the things that we choose to expose ourselves to, the decisions that we make, we, the, the, the attitudes that we take on, and so forth. We need to protect our spirits so that we make sure that we are good instruments. And it is so easy. Satan is out there trying to undermine us and trying to uh, injure our spirits, injure our hearts by bringing all kinds of temptations and hurts and bitterness into our life. And we must learn to be able to put on the armor of Christ, as Paul says, to protect ourselves from the arrows of the devil. And as we go along and as we accumulate what I like to call the clutter that's in our spiritual attics, as we go through life, we develop attitudes and, and uh, hurts and all kinds of things that we regularly must be able to purge. We must be able to get rid of. So as Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So we must protect ourselves, protect our spirit, just as a musician will protect his or her precious violin. Along those same lines, then, we also have to periodically do maintenance on the instrument. Every now and then, we need to uh, uh, change the strings. Sometimes we have to change the hair on the bow. Um, there's any number of things. We've got to clean the surface, all the rosin that gets on there. There are so many things that we got to do to change, to do maintenance. And that's a big part of our spiritual life. We may have to do maintenance on our spirits, as I mentioned ago, a moment ago, in the protecting. Of sometimes we need to change up an attitude. We may have to uh, reconcile with somebody. We may have to deal with some unforgiveness or whatever that has intruded into our life. But maintenance of our spirit is also very important. And finally, the last thought about being an instrument. I hope we realize that the purpose of that instrument is for the benefit of the audience. 
And yes, of course, it is actually a benefit to the instrument to regularly be played. If it sits for months without playing and it doesn't vibrate, it has a tendency to close up its sound and it takes a while for it to, uh, uh, you know, to exercise it so that the sound is uh, reaching its full potential. And so it's the same way with us. We certainly receive blessing uh, from our master, but we have to remember that we are instruments for his purpose to reach others. You think about the composer who has written something and has given it to the musician, who is now the custodian, and communicate that, what the composer intended, to the audience. Well, in the same way, Almighty God has given his word, has given his vision of the kingdom, and he has given that to us as his disciples. And we are to go about our mission with it in mind that we're going to communicate that and live that for the benefit of those who experience us. It's not all about us. It is about us to some degree. And that's why I encourage people when they contemplate their salvation and they just praise God and they praise Jesus and that, oh, wow, I'm going to heaven. Isn't this great? My life is so full of blessing and it's me, 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 me. And once again, Jesus taps on our shoulder and says, ah, that is true, but that's only half the story. Why do you think I picked you? Now I want you now to go and serve others. So this is a big part of what it means to be an instrument of God. Well, I hope that that metaphor of an instrument violin is helpful to you. But I also pray that as you seek to be Jesus' disciple, that as you surrender to the Holy Spirit, that you enable the Holy Spirit to develop in you agape love for others, that you will find a much richer, deeper, and more blessed Christian life. Thank you so much for listening to this series. I encourage you to listen to the many other series that we will be offering in Life Academy. As Almighty God has enabled your pastors and others to share these thoughts with you, and may they prove to be a blessing for you to the glory of God. Well, thanks for listening. Shalom and much love.